Tuesday, August 9th. Uh, we are here in Steve's office. This is the GN staff meeting. We are reading the Blue Parakeet, and we want to invite all of you uh, listeners just to jump in and be part of our conversation as we continue to try to grow and deepen in our faith and try to be uh, advocates for Jesus and do the best we can to interpret God's word for today. You're so, kind of struggling there, aren't you, bro? Anyways, <laughs> in the room is uh, Amanda Odom, our children's director. Hello, Amanda. Hello. To her right is Katie McNew, uh, the boss. Hello, Katie. Hello. Uh, beside me is the Honorable Reverend Steve Thrasher. Hello, Steve. Goodbye. <laughs> and wearing the headphones, making this thing happen, is Dr. Hunter Thrasher. Hello, Hunter. The doc. So we're reading The Blue Parakeet by Scott McKnight. Why? Uh, huh? Why? Because Hunter said. That's why we're reading this. <laughs> so uh, so uh, I'll take it a little bit, Dan. Um, this, this book, the subtitle of it is, uh, is Rethinking How You Read the Bible. And we would invite everybody to, um, to pick up this book. You can pick it up on Amazon for, I think, under 20 bucks. Um, read with us. Today we're going to be addressing the first two chapters, the first 40 pages. We're, we're aiming for these to be about 15 minutes long or so, um, but uh, usually it'll go probably longer than that, I would almost guarantee. But we just want to invite you into these into our conversation. Um, we, we've done a book study or two before, but I think this is going to be um, a really good time. So we're just going to talk about the book like we normally would and invite you into our staff meetings a little bit so that you can join in um, in conversation with us. So one thing that I noticed about this book just right off the start, and I don't know if it's just that I've been reading some poorly written books lately, but it is so easy to read. Like, and it was the same thing for the, the church called Tove that we read a few, a few months back, but the first thing that I wrote down was, man, this book is easy to read. Like it's easy, like it's just easy going. But what were some of y'all's thoughts that y'all thought? I, I disagree. Really? The first chapter for me was very interesting yeah i thought oh this is gonna this is gonna make me ask some questions i've never had to ask myself before but when we got to that second chapter mm -hmm. i had to force my way through that i don't know if that was anybody else but i struggled Same. with that second really chapter. Mm -hmm. it, it was like i i I had trouble staying focused. In the first chapter, I was engaged. You can look at my book. I, I've underlined all kinds of stuff. And I got to that second chapter, and I was like, I, I don't know if I can do this. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I think I definitely hit a wall there, too, in the second chapter, because um, about halfway through, um, honestly, it kind of felt like he started repeating himself a little bit. And when he started doing that, I started to phase out. Well, he and what he's trying to do is he's trying to explain the title of the book, The Blue right. Parakeet, yeah. and I was so not interested in that right. story. Oh, really? I love you, that. You don't like birds? I like to eat birds. Um, <laughs> I'm not a bird watcher per se. but See, I thought that story was really cool about the... I thought I the first couple of minutes was cool, yeah, but yeah, then yeah, it yeah, got yeah. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I skipped all of it. <laughs> I got the gist, and it was like, oh, this random bird showed up, and it was kind of out of the ordinary. I mean, I got the the point was sometimes we have to look at the things that I guess aren't normally here, mm -hmm. if, if that's mm -hmm. the point, you know? Like, this bird's not supposed to be here, but it is here, so I have to 
ask questions like why is it here was kind of what I got and so I think that's where he's leading through the rest of the book is there's going to be times that come up as you're studying God's word where it's like well that's an interesting thing why why is that here or maybe you read or someone asks you a question that kind of seems out of the blue like a blue parakeet and it kind of forces you to, to wrestle with it so well and and that's you good. know the the question that he brings up over and over again how how are we to live out the Bible today in our world, in our culture. And I thought it was interesting. The thing that interested me most was when he pointed out right off the bat, James 1, 26 and 27, uh, where it says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And I'll stop right there just to say, religious to me has always been a bad word. You know, Jesus came and had the, it was the religious people that he would get angry with and rebuke. And James here is saying those who consider themselves religious as if we should be religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And he points out that it says, do this. And how many mm -hmm. churches mm -hmm. are not doing that very thing? But then he goes on you know, to say the Bible says do a lot of things that we don't do anymore, such as Sabbath, um, foot washing, um, you know, I was raised in a church that actually did foot washing in the Free Will Baptist Church, but nobody else does that anymore. And Jesus specifically said, you know, take the Lord's Supper and wash one another's feet. So. That's funny because at that point, I literally, and I'm going to show you in the room, I wrote Steve with an exclamation point. <laughs> <'cause I> thought, <laughs> this, is, this is not happening in our church and yeah. definitely in our staff meeting. Yeah. But, I mean, it is interesting. No, I, uh, that was something that took me by, not surprised, but was really interesting to me. I mean, he's pointing out that, okay, if we're going to say we're going to live out the Bible, why are there all these things that we aren't doing? Um, you know, and he talked about, too, like that passage of give everything to the poor, which we've talked about a few times in, on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights. Like, that's a clear command that we kind of almost make excuses to not do. And, and that's the whole point of the book is what are these excuses that we're making and are they actually valid or not um, to not do the commands of the Bible. Um, one thing I wanted to add to um, just for everybody that may be listening is that this all throughout this book it's, that we're reading and these conversations that we're having, um, these are going to be tough conversations. What this, the, the goal of this book, as you can probably already tell, is to challenge the way that you look at the Bible and that's going to make you. That's going to make you uncomfortable. That's going to make us uncomfortable. Um, you, you, may, people may not listen to this. May not agree with us. I can promise that we aren't going to agree with each other. Um, but that's what's going to make this interesting. Because you so, and I have never agreed no, on anything. We have never agreed on a single thing. Yeah. But, but one of the reasons we're doing this book too is because there are some other people in our church that are reading it. So that's why we decided to do this podcast. Yep. It, some of some other people in the church might want to join us and join in on this, or listening to this conversation as we kind of struggle through it. Lynette, who, for those of you listening, if you don't know, Lynette is my wife. She's an incredible Bible teacher. 
Um, and she's been using this book in a class that she teaches. Right now she's doing it with some of our teenagers in the church, but she uses this book uh, for some illustrations and, and some points as well. So it, it's, a, it's a, a book that seems to be going around the church right now, so that's why we decided to read it and have this discussion about it. So ladies, what did y'all think about it so far? Anything jump out to you, at you? Not everybody at once. <laughs> it definitely causes you to question things. I mean, like when you read the Bible with the knowledge that you already have, and so therefore it makes you question what you're reading sometimes in the scope of do you take it all, do you... You know, the traditionalism versus the great tradition. I mean, it gave me a lot to think about. That was good. That, that, so the great tradition versus traditionalism, mm -hmm. I, it was on, that's in the chapter two. That's where he oh. lost me. I, I, oh, I, I, I love he, that he, uh, he almost that lost me it. there too because he's, he's almost saying a both and like you you have to you have to stick to tradition but you can't like let that be your only guiding yes. factor. That was yes. that was some good Katie, stuff. Katie, what do you mean you love that? Well part? I just How could you? <laughs> okay, so the one passage where he said the same thing over and over yeah, again yeah, that yeah. lost me. But I just like the gist of it. Yeah. Um, especially where I was talking about you can't come up with an idea and then fossilize it and it becomes never changing you know as as we move and grow and progress we have to also move and grow and progress and um i liked the point that he made when he said um those days those ways one of the themes we will encounter in this book can be summed up like this god spoke in moses's days in moses's ways mm -hmm. and god spoke in job's days in job's ways and he goes on and on and on through the bible all the way to um Peter to Peter's ways and John's, uh, God spoke in John's days and John's ways. Um, and he said, and we are all called to discern how God is carrying on that pattern in our own world today. So, you know, it just makes you realize we can't always think one way. We have to evolve mm -hmm. and adapt and change. And what was effective 50 years ago is not right. going to be effective today. And definitely what was effective 2,000 years ago or longer. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think we've seen it even in our culture. Even, you know, of course, I'm the old man of the bunch, but even you young ones remember revivals. Mm -hmm. um, and those are almost a thing in the past now mm -hmm. because it got to where the expense of revival um, and people's schedules were so busy that you just didn't. You know, when I was a kid, when you had revival, everybody in the community went. Even people that didn't go to church went to revival. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but they did. It was just what you did. And to see how that has changed over the years. Um, and now, you know, you, you to have a week-long revival in the culture that we live in right now would be very difficult. I think just growing up and you know under you know being taught God's word and how to read God's word it even in student ministry a lot of times it just seems like a bunch of rules like a bunch of things you can't do and in one of the sections um, you know it talks about you know don't be polluted and how we define being polluted mm -hmm. um, 
but he goes on to say that if we read the Bible properly, we will see that God never asked one generation to step back in time and live the way it had done before. And so um, it's just interesting that God's Word is... It's kind of those things that I, I like to tell students. You know, if, you're, if you live a disciplined life, it's very freeing. If you will be disciplined in the things you do and, and some structure, like that's a very freeing thing, even though it doesn't sound like it. Because they think of discipline as punishment. And it's like, no, like if you get in you know, a routine or the habits of understanding, you know, who God is and who he wants you to be, that's a very freeing and, and kind of a powerful thing. But, you know, for so long and for, for so many of us, we grew up being, you have to do this, you have to go there, you have to, you know, it was, it was about the routine, not just about being disciplined in your 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 spiritual walk, I guess. Checking those boxes. Yes, <clears throat> yes. That yes. kind of reminds me of our lesson on Sunday. We talked about love God, love others, and about how we did a little example because the Pharisees had like 613 laws that they had had built up, and so we carried all of these, like had a race carrying all these Bibles, like as if you were having to try to carry <laughs> mm-hmm. all of these laws, and we kind of talked about the weight of it, and then how much easier and freeing it was if you love God and then love others, mm-hmm. and technically if you just love God, the love others takes care of that, so it's yeah. just the mm-hmm. one, you know, the one principle, and so anyway, I just thought that was really, it kind mm-hmm. of correlated yeah. with this. That's cool, the, uh, so it, this comes back down to what what is the Bible supposed to be, like is it, is it supposed to be this list of things that we, that we have to stick to, this list of rules, this stick, list of whatever, or is it supposed to be something that points us towards God? Like, are we supposed to take everything like this literally? Because if we're supposed to, we're doing a really poor job of it, and everybody is. Anybody, and the whole point of this first chapter was if anybody's saying they're doing everything that the Bible says, they're lying to you, because they aren't. Um, or, or is it supposed to be used as something that just points us towards the love of God? That's, that's, that's good. I, I love that game. Yeah. It, I really struggled with the, the hypocrisy issue of... Mm-hmm at the very beginning of it because um, I'm like how many times do you get accused of being a hypocrite because you don't follow every single yeah. you know it's like uh-huh. it all or nothing and it's I, I hate that yeah yeah. Well, and, oh sorry David no even like early on he talks about that kind of the old mindset was he says for instance we're dead set against movies drinking wine and sex before marriage in our version of reality these three things were all related if you drank with your girlfriend, you would lose your sense and go to a movie and end up having sex. <laughs> you know, and it was, you can't do this, you can't do these things because these things would happen. Mm-hmm. And like like that rule book thing, like you were talking about, Amanda. And I think one of the things that, you know, Dr. McKnight, Mr. McKnight, Scott, I'm going to call him Scott, yeah. uh, is trying to point out here is I don't think that's what God intended. And, and if you look at the person of Jesus, like, Jesus wasn't about all these rules and stuff. He was about having a relationship. You know, that's what it comes down to more than anything. And then as you grow in that relationship, God begins to reveal things like, hey, maybe I need to add this thing into my daily routine, or maybe this is something I need to let go of in my routine and rhythm of life. Left everyone speechless. You're welcome. <laughs> so I think this is so cool because we all get we all get something a little bit different out of it. Um, but one thing that I picked up that I like wrote down and underlined was um, it was in the midst of that great tradition traditionalism thing. Um, it was talking about the second chapter. 
but he was talking about the dangers of reading the Bible alone mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. And I think I, I was like underlining and page flipping down pages because I loved that. Because so often right now we are in a church culture that's like, hey, you need to be studying the Bible. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. And what happens is, is that if I go in a closet and I, 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 I'm just reading the Bible and I'm kind of making up my own things about what this means or what it does, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be thinking and I'm going to create a theology that is extremely different from the accepted theology of the church. So we say in that great tradition, we have to take what the church believes. Um, and I, he didn't exactly say this, but I was drawn a lot to some other things that I've been reading and listening to about reading the Bible in community. And um, the just I, the more you read, the more you realize that the Bible wasn't meant to be read alone. It was meant to be like spoken in in community, and together this community of believers would come. Come, okay, what does this passage mean? Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. And you look back to the all the different councils that are like Council of Nicaea that's setting down our theology. This was people, the church, coming together to figure out what this means. And if we aren't doing that, which is what we're doing right now. Um, then we can come up with some pretty messed up things from the Bible. It's easy to do that. So, But think about the church and how that's done that for years. Again, like I said, I'm the old man of the bunch, but that used to take place in Sunday school. Yeah, Everybody went to Sunday school, and everybody studied God's Word together as a group and had discussion about it. And that's another thing in our culture today that is, um, for whatever reason, is not appealing to people. Um, but I'm going to tell you, Sunday morning, uh, the last two Sunday mornings, I've gone into uh, this six-week class that Lynette's teaching with these teenagers, and I was inspired by the conversation that was taking place there. Basically, she had given them homework to go and read the uh, first two chapters of Genesis and then they came together as a group and just sat and, and talked about what they had read. And I was, when I got done, I, I was so excited to hear teenagers have these conversations about the Word of God and be able to do that. And I'm like, we, we've got to continue to somehow um, encourage people that that's important. And I, I don't know what that looks like today. You know, it's been life groups, small groups. Um, those have been effective to some degree, but I still feel like we've got some work to do in that area. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I think that's one thing as, as a church staff, he even says this when he's talking about reading, reading with tradition, anyone who stops and wants to turn a particular moment into a monument as the disciples did when Jesus was transfigured before them will soon wonder where God has gone. Mm -hmm. For example, revival. Yes, and that's one of those things like for us, we, we can see the need. We know we need to do something, but it's just like, well, well what is that? I mean, does it, is it more programming? Is it trying to convince uh, families that, you know, being physically in church is, is the highest priority? You know, there's, that's kind of one of the things we wrestle with. And so mm-hmm. hopefully as we continue to move through this study, we're going to be able to see that, you know, it, we should ultimately start with, diving into God's Word, and He can kind of shed some light on the direction we need to go moving forward. I love it. We've been, so I'm just curious, do y'all think we're going to get any criticism back from some things we say in here? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would expect to. Um, I, and I think if that, if, this is why, if you're listening to this, I'd encourage you to read the book because you are going, it's going to make you uncomfortable and it's going to challenge the way that you look at the Bible. Um, and I always say this anytime I'm asking questions of the Bible in front of people, but it's well within our Nazarene doctrine, our Nazarene theology to ask these questions of the Bible. It's well within that. We are not heretics for doing this. Um, so we are, we are safe in asking these questions, but that's, that is a good, (laughs) that's a good, uh, well, and I mean, what better, like you talk about the study that Lynette's doing with the students, what better place to ask those questions than in a, in a room full of, you know, mature, what I would consider mature Christians with a, with a very solid foundation. I mean, Mm -hmm. if if I'm asking these questions, what are teenagers, you know, and young Mm -hmm. children saying too? So it's. It's one of those deals we can ask the questions and try to find the answers here in a safe place. But if not, uh, people in our churches are going to go looking for those answers in other places. And like even it talks about in those, I think he says the phrase he said was a Madrid of interpretations, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. And so we can we can either be when people ask those questions, the church can either be a part of that conversation Mm -hmm. or they cannot be. But that doesn't mean that the questions aren't going to be asked. And I think that may be something that's caused issues in the past was it was this is the way it is. Don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. And that's I don't think that's the God we serve at all. I think he's he's a mystery. And he's like, ask those questions. like that's how you grow. That's how you learn. Yep. And so I'm excited about it. I, I, I love it. And That's good, Dan. Excited to see where it goes from here. Final thoughts. we got about a minute left. We're sitting at 20 minutes. So final thoughts, and then we'll give the assigned rating for next week. I highlighted this, this um, sentence on page 15. Print, the principle is more important than doing the actual words. Mm. I thought that was really, mm. really, really good because there's so mm, what page was much. That? 15. 15, that's good. That's good. Anybody else? Okay, well, uh, next week, we'll just keep doing two chapters at a time. So next week, we start into the first actual section of the book called The Story. Um, So I think it's about another um, 30 pages, maybe a little under 30. I think it's like 27 pages. So um, we'll do those. And we're looking forward to uh, joining in with you guys in the conversation um, that, that may be listening. Feel free to text us, hit us up, call us heretics. We love that kind of stuff. Don't text me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, y'all have a good one. We'll sign off. Later. Yeah.